When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by the title, today's episode will be my first impressions of Under the Queen's Umbrella. And this is one that I actually was quite excited for. I didn't know much about the actual synopsis or summary of this drama and what it was going to be about, but I did know that I wanted to watch it because I saw <laughs> Bay and Hyuk was going to be in it. Um, and I also am super in love with um, historical dramas. So I haven't watched one in a little while. So I wanted to definitely try this one out. I always try out, I think, most um, Seguk or historical K-dramas because I love them. Even if I don't end up watching them, I still try them out. And so this was definitely on my list to try out. So that means I didn't have a lot of expectations going into the drama. Not much pressure on it. I was just like, I mean, I'll just check these out. So let's see what happens. So I had no idea really what this was about <laughs> when I got started. And so let me talk about what this drama is actually about. Again, in case you're like me and you didn't give it a chance yet, or you haven't given it a chance yet, or you haven't even looked up and see what it's about, let me tell you what it's about, okay? So I think this is gonna be my first impressions, but I'm also gonna kind of throw in some recap of the first episode so you can really get the foundation and the setup of the drama and then kind of finish up with my kind of overall thoughts of it um, after watching the first two episodes. So the first thing I want to mention is that this, of course, is a historical K-drama. That means that it is all done up in its beautiful historical um, costuming and the palace. Something I love about Segu dramas, I love just the visual of it. I think they're beautiful. I think they're usually shot really beautiful. And I think this drama is no different. Um, <laughs> but we are in a um, Joseon dynasty period where we are with a king, Eho, and his queen. And the queen is played by Kim Hae-su. And the king is played by Choi Won Young. And his mother, who is usually known as the Queen Dowinger, um, is played by Kim Hae-suk. So their kind of main three kind of players in this are going to be our queen, um, the Queen Dowinger, who is the king's mother, and the king. Now, to go on down from there, we got to talk about the foundation of this story, which is actually the sons or you know, of the king. And the thing that I find out once I get into this drama is that the king has multiple sons. When I say multiple sons, he has multiple sons. He has five sons by his queen and he has around five more um, by, you know, his concubines, his royal concubines. And that means he has like seven or eight concubines and his queen. First thoughts, and just, I'm again, this is kind of a chit recap chat because I'm recapping, but I'm also going to be chatting. Um, and this is 
something I initially in the first episode I was sorely disgusted by I like I said I did not expect expect this going into the story that we were going to basically be taught this king and his sons and you know surprise he has 10 sons and nine eight different baby mamas basically and so I was just like oh gosh this is absolutely disgusting but of course this is supposedly you know tied to how it was historically so you can't really say anything about that um but it is just kind of ugh to watch it really really is um but our story does introduce us firstly with our queen and she is um she is something serious she runs around the the entire palace constantly looking after all of her sons again she has five sons she is you know in the opening scene hunting down one of her sons and she finds him in a concubine I'm sorry not concubine in a courtesan's bed of course you know she's like yeah threatens the courtesan says what she has to say to her and um you know yells a little bit at her son but she really never really yells at her son. I mean she yells at them but she kind of is like you know she tells him off a little bit but they joke you know and he has he he's not afraid of her um he kind of tells her how he feels jokes a little bit and they move on so that is kind of your intro to the queen and one of her sons following that we start to see her other sons and we see that we have a grand prince um his name is Sognam and he is I think the second eldest of her sons and he's like riding off in the you know on the sands and a horse you can tell he's more on the free-spirited side he kind of doesn't want anything to really do with his position so he's kind of just like you know going with the flow um you have the one that she found in a quarter since bed which is the grand prince muan so he really likes his women um he likes his girls um and then i think he's like the third youngest and then we have um the grand prince gaesong and he um is it's a bright one he is someone who actually you know goes in and attends their class at the, the classes that they're supposed to attend he's very bright he kind of you know rivals some of the other sons of the other concubines and then you also have the youngest um son who is um grand prince il young so we have four sons um, grand princes of the queen that leaves her fifth son which is who is actually the crown prince of course so that's her you know that's her son that's the crown prince he has his crown princess he has his own little son and they you know and and that's her kind of claim to fame that's her glory her crown prince her son mind you the way that the story sets us up with introducing the queen and her sons they let us know and they kind of tell us throughout episode one and of course into episode two that the way that this works is that the crown prince is usually the queen's son right and then everyone else all the other king's sons be they hers or be they the concubines are not you know should not be the crown prince at any point unless something happens to the crown prince and then there there has to go a kind of process or selection of the next crown prince so what ends up happening in the first episode is that the crown prince actually is ill we find out very early on that he is fallen ill and it's an illness that he's been dealing with for some time but he just hasn't been informing his mother the queen and so when she finds out that he is dealing with this this disease this illness that apparently has killed a prince in the past she immediately is kind of freaking out and she's like what am I going to do because 
Again, her glory, her fame, everything that kind of makes her keep her position as a queen is the fact that her son is the crown prince. The caveat to that again is something happens to her crown prince, her her old her eldest son. She has four other sons, right? Any of her other sons should be able to be the crown prince. Wrong. The problem with that is that actually her sons, because they don't want to rival their brother, the crown prince, they have taken a backseat to their education. They kind of just like run with the flow. They don't really care about being a prince, a crown prince at any point. So they have been slacking to say the least when it comes to their education and putting themselves up as viable options for a replacement of the crown prince if something were to happen to him. And this we find out is a strategy that other women in the palace would use to make sure that their son, when they are you know, a concubine, that their son has the chance or the opportunity to take over um, the crown prince's position. So this is not something that the queen was really thinking about until she starts to dig a little bit deeper into what has happened in the past. Um, some like the precedent of this happening in the past where her, where the crown prince, you know, ends up dying and then a non, um, son of the queen ends up taking over the crown prince position. And when we say non-son of the queen, we mean a concubine's um, son. And that is basically what has happened in the past in terms to the current king, which is King Iho. He himself is a concubine's um, son, and he ends up being king. And his mother, who is again played by um, Kim Hae-suk, who is just wonderful in all things she does, um, she is... Um, she used to be a concubine and she ended up turning her son into a king. And so all the other concubines really look up to her <laughs> because they're like, how does she achieve such a feat? And she actually provides them with a book of the way to raise a royal son, a, a way to raise a son into a king. She has a book that she can provide them of all the steps. But we, what we start to find out though, is that the way that she has gotten her son to that position was obviously taking out the other sons of the previous disposed queen um, and then also making them ineligible of being a a kind of proper um, replacement of the crown prince because they were just not educated enough. They were not raised to be a crown prince technically. They were just kind of running free. Um, and so that is what we see our queen um currently dealing with in the first episode, first two episodes. So that is kind of like the structure of this story where we basically have a queen trying to um, take care of her ill crown prince. Um, but also in the meantime, just in case as security measures, also find a way to raise up her other sons who have not at all at any point been doing what they needed to do <laughs> to be a proper replacement for the, um, the crown prince. So, but she's also keeping that secret. Of course, no one's supposed to know that her her son, the crown prince, is ill. He kind of um, goes in and out of like these fainting spells, like the kind of disease that he has. So, yeah, at times he appears absolutely fine and healthy, and then other times he is indisposed. So that is a way that they are able to still kind of keep up appearances, um, while the other sons they don't know as well what their brother is dealing with and their mother has uninformed them, but she has requested that they um, kind of step up their game <laughs> by the end of episode two. She needs them to step up their game. Um, while 
that is the case with the kind of main royal family. Then we have the royal concubines. Again, each of the women have their own sons, um, and each of the sons, um, not each of them, most of the concubines have some kind of sons who are viable um, options for replacing the crown prince. And the main one is actually Prince Uisung, I believe is his name, and he's played by Chan Hee, um, if you know SF9. And he is the son of the kind of consort Huang, who is the main, like she's, I would say the, what, what do you call them? Like she's a step down from the queen, basically. So she apparently um, was supposed to be queen. And so of course, then her, her son was supposed to be the crown prince. He's actually the eldest son of the king, but something happened and the way that she got did not get picked to be queen and our um, current queen, um, M. M. Huang Rung actually ends up being the, the queen. We, we're not really sure, but the rumor apparently is just that, you know, they wanted somebody who was kind of of a different family. And so that's why she ended up getting picked. And that's why her son's crown prince. Um, but because um, consort um, Hyung is obviously bitter about that, she has been raising her son to, to rise up at any point. So he is actually very... Um, renowned as far as like the way that they view him as far as everyone else in the palace however he is so mean he is so mean he is so disrespectful he is so horrible to the queen's sons and also he talks really poorly about the queen behind her back and it's just like he is not a nice prince at all um so they're kind of like the you know sort of the villain family there but he is obviously gunning for the crown prince position because he honestly believes it's always been his and his mother obviously believes the same thing so you know they are definitely waiting in the wings to just kind of attack at any point and then we have from the concubines other um, sons of theirs other princes that would also be good candidates of being a royal prince so they also are doing their best as these mothers trying to raise up their son so that they could be viable options and you know stepping up at any point if need be to be the crown prince and again this is a strategy that the queen dowager the mother of the king had basically used for her son to take over and be the king um so they again look up to her and would want to do the same so you have this large royal palace scenario of multiple um, women and their sons vying for this one position and that is, to me, a lot, uh, pretty new because it's so many sons and there's so many concubines. I was not expecting to be so many different um, women who could potentially be, I guess, um, the enemy of our queen, our kind of main character. But I think that that, of course, leads to me being kind of interested in knowing where this is going to go. Where is this story going to kind of, where, where is it going to go? So that is kind of the foundation of episodes one and two. I try not to spoil too much um, because, you know, if you want to check it out, then I want you to, you know, come at it you know, new, but there are some things that happened like in the second episode that I was kind of like, Oh, you know, you're like, Whoa, this is what's happening. You know? So I, I don't want to give that away, but I will say that it has me interested after having me really disgusted. <laughs> like I said, I initially was so disgusted with, um, 
what took place. I mean, what was taking place as far as like, there's all these women who are, you know, supposedly for this one man and he's still adding more concubines to his kind of cohort as as we're watching the first episode like literally there's a new one on the wings as soon as we you know start to get to know some of the other concubines there's a new one coming in and it's just like oh my eye roll it was just me eye rolling a lot of it and then the sons themselves like I mean they are I guess the queen sons are a little bit more interesting. Obviously, they're more on the main character side. But some of the other sons, they have their little, you know, little moments. But it's just a little annoying just to have so many different characters. <laughs> and for them all technically to feel like you're supposed to pay attention to them because you never know, like, what's who's supposed to kind of rise to the top or not. Um and I hate that I'm watching this and wanting to see, you know, Bay and Hilk and he's like laying down sick most of the time <laughs> so I was not expecting that but either way you know I do think that's interesting that we have this prince that is sick and we're not sure what's going to happen to him while also we're trying to just just in case something happens to him take you know take actions as well so I thought that was interesting that they had that set up but it also uh, makes his character not feel as important because at any minute you think he's going to go away. Um, so I'm kind of sad about that. I would like the crown prince to feel like he has more of a, like, um, his character has more of a, a reason to be there more. I mean, he has a very, he's very important to the story, but as far as like his personality, it doesn't seem as important. So I feel like you're not supposed to get that attached to him because at any second he could die and we got to move on from him and it, which really sucks so I'm hoping that they build up his character a little bit more because right now he's just this perfect prince he, he's a perfect husband perfect father he's just perfect um and that's it like that's that's his personality and I'm not sure if I like that I want him to be a little bit more you know in depth but again if they're gonna if he's going to die off at some point, then I can see why they're not putting that much effort into building up his character and maybe putting more effort in some of the other grand princes. And the grand princes are pretty interesting. Like I said, there's the one, the Sung, Sung Nam, who is the closest to the crown prince. Um, and he is actually, like I said, a free spirit. You can tell he kind of just wants to just run free and run wild. He doesn't want to be tied down to the palace. Um, but he also is starting to pick up that there's something going on and his mother is not completely transparent but she kind of at the end of second you know second episode tries to let him know like I'm doing this for a reason like I'm asking you to step up your game for a reason just trust me and so I think he's going to be kind of more on that line of like taking a forefront and doing what his mother needs him to do um but then you have the, the the funnier son which is the one who was caught in bed with the courtesan like he's he's just what you would think he is and it's funny and it, he provides a little comic relief and so I don't mind him but I'm also wondering are they going to give him more to his personality more to his character I wonder and then you have the Grand Prince um, Gay Song who to me had a very major role in episode two and um, we kind of ended on episode two with a note about him and so I'm wondering how they're going to proceed with his character because he is right now the most viable to replace the crown prince out of the queen's sons like he's actually one who studies up studies well um, he kind of holds himself up you know in high regard you can just tell he's the one <laughs> that if the, she was gonna hope for any son to take you know take up the mantle it would be him but he has a big big secret that 
that she is not happy with. So that is the other thing. So it puts him at jeopardy and puts him at risk. And it gives us a lot to kind of look forward to finding out what will happen with his character. So I like what they have done with his character because they gave him a lot to go with, a lot to work with. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with his character. Um, and then you have the youngest who is just kind of like there. <laughs> I'm going to be honest right now. He's just there. And that's fine. Like he can just be there for now. Um, um, cause you know, it's fine, but I am wondering again, like if they can give them a little bit more, um, to their personalities just to make sure that they're just as interesting to follow, um, as we're following the queen, trying to like save her, her crown prince, but also to raise up these sons to possibly become Kings. So I definitely can't wait to see that. Um, so I, from just initial, you know, like I said, just my first impressions leaving the first two episodes, I am actually really intrigued. I feel like this is a weird um, kind of setup with all the sons vying for one position and then this yucky king um, and his horrible mother and then this queen who is weirdly I thought was going to be a little bit more on her P's and Q's than she is. She actually is kind of all over the place. She's a little frantic. She, at one minute, she's letting her sons run wild, do whatever they want. And then the next, she's like, get it together. I need you guys to become the next crown prince, you know? And it's like, wow, get it together herself. Like she doesn't have it together, but it's obvious because she has been complacent with the fact that her, her son is the crown prince. You know, that's something that she can be proud of. That's something that people respect her for. So she's, holding onto her position rightly um, and no one can fight her on that but the minute her son is is found ill or sick and or possibly dies everything's at risk everything's in jeopardy her position and her son's lives so it does become life or death at, at you know some point in the second episode where it's like no ye, she has to kick into high gear so now she's floundering and kind of trying to figure out how do I do this because again these sons their entire life have been raised to just be whatever they want because they're just going to get married off and leave the palace and when they get older that's no longer the case and so she is struggling <laughs> to find out what to do and I think she, it's kind of interesting to watch her flounder. Um, and I was not expecting that because whenever I see Kim Hae-soo in any role, I expect her to just have it together. She's like running the place. That's just the kind of actress that she is. So seeing her as this kind of like a little bit of a clumsy um queen i mean she's not clumsy but she's a little all over there queen i kind of like that i like that she wants to have it all together and then the next second she just like falls apart i am really really enjoying that i also like that you know as the head of this kind of i don't want to know what you call all his concubines but like as the head of these women she you know <laughs> Like she has a position, like she like sits in front of them, you know, and she like tells them how they all like just coexist together. And I think that's very interesting too, to see how all these consorts and the, and the queen just kind of exist, kind of, you know, know their role, know their place. But then all the while they're also trying to, um, you know, push their sons into the, to the limelight. So I think that's interesting as well. It's also just, um, kind of examination of what it feels like to be a mother I'm assuming and that it's about making sure your sons are protected making sure your child is doing everything you're giving your son and your or your child everything you possibly can 
so that they can be the most successful that they can be. But then if you don't, you could risk potentially harming them or um, even yourself in the process, like your son not being who they could be could also then end up hurting you. So I thought that was um, a little, ang- a nice little angle that the story is telling. Um, I'm, but again, I, I think there's a lot of stuff going on right now. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of moving players in this, but I think it's not confusing. Unlike some other Seigu dramas, when they just don't even have as many characters, the way that they come in, it's like, wait, what is happening? This one is not as confusing. I think I get it. I understand what the roles are of the king, the princes, the grand princes, the crown prince, and then the royal concubines' um, sons who are also vying for, you know, their crown prince position. I get the struggle. I get the conflict. I understand it completely. It's not confusing at all. And it's not that difficult to keep up with all of the characters. Um, not yet, at least. I feel like they've done a good job of kind of showcasing who are the royal concubines and which sons are the royal concubine sons. And then you also have the the queen and then her sons. Like you get to, you kind of see them all in one space and you get to see them individually and then you get to see them with their, their mother. So it's like, it's, it, you, you understand who everyone is. And I appreciate that for a drama where you're interest, introducing so many characters at once. Um, but but yeah, I'm interested. I don't think this is going to be a bad one. I think they have a lot of room to do things right. Um, I think they have a lot of room to do things right. And so I'm excited about that. I really, really am. But they also have a lot of room to do some things wrong. So there's that. <laughs> but either way, I'm excited to keep watching this, keep checking this out. I think this is going to be on my list. Like I said, I'm missing... Um, I'm missing a Seiguk drama. I want one. So I think this will be my my Seiguk for the for the couple months to come. I think it's 16 episodes, so it's a nice, you know, long. <laughs> We're going to have a couple months with this one, so I'm really um, glad about that. I feel like that means it's going to take its time, but it also a lot of things can go wrong. A lot of things can go wrong. So, yeah, that's basically it. That's my first impressions of the Under the Queen's umbrella and we're gonna see where this goes i don't know for sure can't make any promises that it's gonna be amazing but i'm interested it has me interested um yeah it has me interested all right that's it that's all i have for this episode so i want to thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening i hope you have a great day so everyone it's been real lola's off Thank you.